0: Just want to welcome those of you who are watching online with us today and um, we're grateful that you could be with us here at City Temple. You know for many of you this is an opportunity obviously to connect with the church. It's a challenging times as well for some of you physically and, and for distances and, and other reasons but it's a great way that God has allowed us in this season to learn to become a, what we call today a hybrid church as well. A church that is online and a church that's also physically together. You're always welcome here on Sunday. We, t- we gather at 11 a.m. for worship and we uh, once a month have our communion and we have our children and family together but we also know there are many of you who listen online and are blessed by this as well to this Sunday our senior minister Pastor Rod and Karen are in Scotland and some time away and we're really blessed that they can do that, that they can have some time to be refreshed strengthened and especially after these last two years it's been a challenge as, as a church and as a family, really, to, to give them that time away. And even for some of us, I think this is going to be the first year that we get an opportunity also to, to get away a bit, isn't it? So um, if you're with me, open your Bibles in Ephesians chapter four, chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, and Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And the scripture says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace, uh, up to verse 6. And Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, just... Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning, hearts open, open and willing to, to receive, to be instructed, to be guided. Let your spirit rest upon me, Lord. Speak for me to bless your church, to bless your people, Lord. We're grateful, Lord, that we can gather together and hear the word and share and be a family in you, Christ Jesus. We bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, Just an interesting thing about the title of the message, All Together Now, All Together Now, for those maybe English is their second language. how you spell all together, A-double-L, space, together, or A-L, together now. And this is the thing when you're writing, on, li- when you're writing on, the, on, on the computer, it doesn't always get what you're trying to say, and you're writing fast, and these things happen. So, I mean, all together, being all together here. But the other word, all together, which I think is the one that's up there, means being whole and complete. And I thought, well, God, even in, in a little mistake grammatically, you can also be speaking to us. That it's important for us to be all together, but it's also important for us in Christ to be complete and whole together as well. So I really believe that, you know, even that, I think the Spirit of God was helping me to kind of say, you've got a message for today to share with the church. And I, I like something about being together. I like when we've come together as a church and to be as a family. That for me, one of the things I've enjoyed about being here is that our children can be part of the service at the same time. I grew up in a church where children were usually sent to another room. So I, I, I'm a pastor's kid, for those who, who are learning and, and uh, knowing us. Um, and I grew up in church. The first thing they would do is they'd put us in another room, usually in a basement, usually somewhere far away from the others, to make sure that we don't make any noise. And so when I, became, when I get part of a city temple and I started to work with Pastor Rod, one of the things that surprised me was obviously kids were in the service. And, and they were really chill about that, and especially uh, Rod. He wouldn't mind if even if the kids came up and... Jump on him and you know, he'd carry them in the middle of the service. For me, that was a bit of a you know, a complete mind shift and change. But it was good, it was something that I thought, okay, this is interesting. Sometimes it's a little be challenging because when I hear him scream and shout, it's like, ah, the children are screaming, you know, Lord, help. But at the same time, it was interesting because in the week, things would, would, would be interesting with the children. They would hear and they would share with us and say, but Pastor Rod said this, or so and so prayed that, or in the song, look. That song that we sang, I heard it somewhere else. We sang it today at school. We sang that line in the, in the song. And so not a, allowing them to be together with us in the service has also created this walk together as a husband and wife, as a family, as a church <laughs> with them. One of the funny things that's happened recently, and I asked for permission, I said to Kenneth, can I share something funny? And it's not, you know, it's funny, and you, you know, it's okay. He goes, well, as long as it's not about me being a baby, I'm cool with that, and he goes, I said, it's okay. But you know how we have communion here? And um, if you look, the cups of communion are are tiny. For us, the elders come out and they give you a cup and a bread. And uh, Rod's usually sitting here, standing here at the back, and he gets this huge cup and he lifts it up in it. So we were were doing a family devotional, and um, we were talking about communion. We were talking about the death and resurrection and communion. And Kenneth says, it's not fair. And I was like a bit surprised. What do you mean, it's not fair? It's not fair. What? He goes, Rod, Pastor Rod gets a huge cup. I get a tiny cup in the communion. It's not fair. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'm sure he has the same amount of, <laughs> of wine or, or grape juice as we do. And he goes, yeah, but he, he, anyway, explained. But it was interesting that he found that was something to connect with church and the communion and our time together. Here in this text that we, we're reading, one of the things we see how the message of the, of the epistle, just to kind of like, summarize in a way there's a lot of doctrine and a lot of theology in the prayer Paul kind of you know really kind of putting some foundation into the church but he's coming now to some of the practical stuff and this especially this text the practical part of being together being united being as a church and also about walking now a lot of it at the beginning is we are seated in Christ it's wonderful when we see that you know that a lot of our spiritual life is, is about knowing who we are in Christ what we've been given in Him, our authority and our positions and the blessings that we have in Him. And the Epistle and, and the Scriptures so wonderfully demonstrate this that we're, we've been born again, predestined, separated unto God, that we have this new identity, that the hostile separation of Jew and Gentile completely um, restored in Christ Jesus. And now that in Christ, we're this new man. So not not just that we're now a new person and just coming together to be part of the body of christ now we have a mission and a purpose and all of this to be done together as as a community as a people of god and as a family in the unity of love of patience of of, of long suffering and and these things but as i began to understand and and, and meditate a little bit on this i was also remembering how how difficult it is for the world that we live in to to be in unity we're right now seeing in Europe, in Asia, even in Latin America, even in in other parts of the world where it's so hard for people to maintain unity, to maintain peace, to be forgiving, as everyone feels a right or an ownership to different things, as people sometimes do not like change and feel that, no, it's always been this way, we maintain this structure and this system, even when it's ungodly and unhealthy, causing pain and turmoil to many people and yet, the Bible sh- shows us that through Christ, some of these things are broken down completely. You have to think of it. When Paul the Apostle was writing this, speaking to Jews and Gentiles, speaking to people who were part of a covenant, they were chosen. They had this identity. I'm Jewish, I, you know, I'm from a certain tribe, I understand the law, I, un- I live it, I practice it. And now you're telling me this pagan, unbeliever, this person who has no physical DNA let's say or blood uh, connection to to our inheritance to our promise now can be part of this to one it was an offense and it was horrible to think you know how can these people now be part of us and then to another you know there was like wow I I have this new belonging I'm now part of a family think of those that Paul may have been writing to such as slaves people who are maybe low rank in society, just to hear you are seated with Christ, just to hear you are redeemed, just to hear you are, have been predestined, loved before the foundation of the world. Can you imagine if all your life you've been living to think that you're not worth something, that you haven't got purpose or anything and now because of Christ there's something more, you understand that you have this wonderful position, you have this even in the church and if you look at church history there are always these challenges these moments of struggle and difficulty to bring in unity to bring in together the people a head teacher was trying to explain once how to bring his school together in unity and he thought well an illustration he he got some matches and he lifted up one match and he snapped it he says when when you're an individual by yourself it's easy to break And he got the box of matches and put them all together. He tried to snap them in half. All of the matches were together and he couldn't break them. And he said, Look, but when we're together, united, when we're we're, we're shoulder to shoulder, it's very hard for it to be broken. We're stronger together, but in Christ we are stronger because of him. And And as a church and as the people of Christ, we are to live this. We are, as, as we see in Ephesians, we are to show as a body of Christ this, this unity. And it's not about being uniform, not about looking alike or saying The wonderful thing that we see, even at the end of the, 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 the Bible, that every tongue, every nation, every language will be worshipping God. So God wants our, also our diversity, if we call it that way, our cultures and our languages. At the same time, He brings us together because of Christ. And it is not that because we now are the people of God, we somehow lose something of our identity, but we are enriched. Again, there's something here that I've learned continuously, polycultural. And you'll hear that word if you come closer with us. We we learn from each other, becoming more enriched by the cultures that we share here together. So some things that the Spirit of the Lord kind of pressed in my heart. And one of the first things I wanted to share was that as a people... Filled with the Spirit of God, as united together in Christ, we were able to change communities. And sometimes these changes can be slow, sometimes these changes seem very fast, and other times it's it's like a progress, something just happening in the background. But there's something occurring. Sometimes it's it's one of those things that we, we want to see completely happen. We think of maybe the early church. They. Came together in a time of prayer, seeking the Lord, hiding still, and yet they receive the Holy Spirit, they're filled, baptized, and they begin to speak in other languages, and other people begin to hear them, and they can hear the gospel, they can hear the message, and are convicted to the heart. And that spirit-filled community united together changed the whole, a whole region, changed them. And they began to change a whole empire further on. And sometimes we, we hope for that. We, Lord, when we're praying here for an outpouring. We're praying here for an awakening. We've seen it done in the past. We've heard of those stories of, of what has happened in Europe, up in the Hebrides and parts of England, Lord, where there's been revival. Sometimes the changes are slow. Sometimes the changes can be fast, but sometimes we have to be people together waiting and, and being steady. And it makes me think a little bit also, as a, the, 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 one of the revivals that I, I got an opportunity to study a bit was the Azusa Street Revival. And it wasn't one that lasted hundreds of years. It actually quite a short period of time, but it had a huge impact. In this small house in California, where it's um, people from different ethnic backgrounds. And you have to understand, in the time period that, that Azusa was, and I think it was uh, 1800s, if I'm not wrong. i trying to remember now the dates. If, uh, actually 1900s, I think it's because it's 100 years of Azusa. So um, they, they weren't allowed, to, it was obviously segregation, Blacks and whites, Latinos, uh, uh, Native Americans, there was a separation, and most people who were educated theologically were from white, middle class. William Seymour, a, a man who, who didn't have much education, very, uh, but an African-American, together with others, were in this house and praying, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they also, with this outpouring, were filled. The interesting thing is that they weren't just the people that just enjoyed the presence of God and said, okay, we want fire and we want to feel something of God and we want the presence for ourselves. They, you look at it and see the history, they, it began to be something that went outwards. They were united for a period of time. They were together, but they knew to change the world, they would have to go out, and they did. And people were sent out in different denominations and groups began to plant out, uh, such as Assemblies of God and other, other, other groups. This outpouring of God, people filled for the mission and, and even women, and that was something interesting for that time, because m- not many women were ordained or involved in ministry, and something that that move of God, and one of those things that broke down and, and allowed was that women could, could preach and teach, and that women could go out, at least for that, for that context that was that time. And one woman who, who was used greatly in that time, she was able to plant churches, raise funds, and even build as a single woman. And she, was just, she just knew, she it was people filled with the Spirit are able to change communities. But I think about also about today, how we change communities, how we as together united, and as we pray, as we mobilise and outreach and something here in, as, as City Temple, something that I, I constantly remind myself is how much this as a community and this church has blessed so many ministries. It has helped small groups begin to train and equip themselves and then go further out to plant. Meetings for healing, or meetings for training, for apologetics. Meetings to help those who are uh, educating themselves, such as uh, Christians Against Poverty, CAP. And so the churches is together, working, united to, to help. And as we pray for those things, as, as we're coming, uh, continually asking God, help us to continue seeing those works, and more, to help our communities, to help those that are around us. Another thing that impressed in my heart was that spirit-filled communities can maintain joy in times of adversity and trials. And I think that's one of those things that is again so easy for us sometimes to, to allow the situations that we're seeing around us to, to almost uh, dark, uh, to, to pause and sink in us our, our unhope and our faith that sometimes is in the Lord. This is easy for us to look at the news and feel discouraged. Some of you may look at it and get angry. Some may look and feel moments of tears and sadness. In Places like Neymar, places like Yemen, that continuously, some of them over eight years of battle. And I know that the Ukraine is currently at the forefront and we see it consistently and it feels a lot more intense. But it's where we have to be able to be as a church remembering our faith is founded on the character of God, remembering who He is. He, he, it's His story. When we think of history, we've got to remember it's about Him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. So he, has, he knows how this is all going to end. And there is this sometimes feeling of injustice and this feeling of, Lord, but look look how the orphans, the widows, look at these children being separated from their moms, Look at the loss of, of property. Look at the feeling that everything that they've had is completely now destroyed they've had to uproot and let go how do i have joy in that lord how can i rejoice and i think one of the things that we continuously as we return to the word of god and in spirit remembering what he has done on the cross what he's achieved at his resurrection and knowing also that he is a king and a father and a righteous judge and he will judge all nations and he will bring justice and I think one of those things you could tell in, in some people's hearts that that feeling of injustice the situation hasn't been resolved this hasn't been put together but we can trust in the Lord in his time he may bring justice now we pray for that especially when we see war crimes when we see these things where, where there's so much devastation and pain but at the same time we can say Lord uh, we, we know that one day all mankind all, all people will face the King of kings and Lord and lords and His righteous judgment. He is the judge, He is the jury, He, is, he brings the evidence. He will, and for us as children of God, that because we are in Christ, because we have this new identity, we can come before the mercy on the throne of God and say, Lord, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. And We can intercede. But at the same time, we know that He, for those who have not sought Him, there will be justice. There will be. Now we pray for salvation. We pray. I even heard a few weeks ago here we were praying for the salvation of those who are, are, are causing these atrocities, that they would repent, they would have a Paul-like conversion. Remember Paul was aggressive and, and, a, and, and a threat and an anger towards the church and a, 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 an opposition, but yet God turned it for good. God has that ability to turn the curse into a blessing, to turn someone who's evil and, and wicked into someone who, who now wants to serve and, and bless. I, I've seen it with with Palestinian missionaries. I've seen it with Muslim converts. I remember talking to one Muslim convert, and he said to me, I just read the book of Genesis, and I don't know how, but the Spirit of God convicted me, and I knew that God was... It was something there that he could not see in the Quran, that he could not see in in his religion, but he had discovered God, and he had changed him. God is able to do that. God is able to take something and turn it around, and so our joy... And as a spiritual community, to maintain that joy and adversity is knowing who God is. He is the God who turns things around. And it's not that we, and it is sometimes that challenge, isn't it, when we're, we're suffering and broken at that moment, also to have that joy. And God isn't afraid of our prayers or our, or our questions. I see someone right now who's going through grief and he's questioning a lot. And this is a person who's walked with the Lord for many years and I see his challenge but at the same time I see moments of the joy and I can see that joy of the Lord and he then speaks about his faith and how he's, he remembers what God has done for him. Remembering the scriptures, remembering the verses, remembering the promises and even though he's in a place of grief that many would find almost hopeless, he knows that he has hope in Christ. We see that God is a God of mercy. We see that God is a God of love and that through him, God gives us this, over, this ability to overcome, not because of who or what we have, but because of who He is. He is good. He is good. And that's something we constantly need to remember. That's why the joy of the Lord gives us that strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength in that time. And we need it right now. As, as many people may even I, I call you, you may receive a phone call this week and saying, what do you make of the news? What do you make of the situation that's happening around us? And we, as Christians, we can pray and bring that peace. We know that there may be still many more days or weeks or months of of struggle in in these nations, but we pray continuously for a change. Another thing that the Lord pressed in my heart is remembering what God has done in Christ for His church. And I think that's something that, together with what we've been uh, sharing just now, that we know that the church continues to advance. The church continues to go out and, and, and be a blessing. Um, I'm grateful that we can share it through social media. It's one of those wonderful tools that we have right now. And we could hear what's happening, even on the ground with some of our church friends and and family. Sometimes when I'm in the morning, I'm getting ready with the kids to get to school. You hear the news, and it's, it's always Ukraine or other situations, and maybe some have heard Yemen or Neymar, other things that are happening there. But it's, in, it's interesting, I, if you have the opportunity, I don't know how but is it, uh, some of you may have digital radio or on, online, to listen to some other channels like Premier Christian or UCB. Uh, we do sometimes in the morning just changing back and forth from the BBC just to listen. So in the BBC you hear the situation and it's, it's dire, it's difficult, there's no hope and then we were listening to Premier Radio, and we were hearing to the pastors in Ukraine seeing miracles, being able to escape bombardments and help getting bibles into people seeing russians come to christ or soldiers that and there's like such a contrast and to see and remember how christ and his church is still doing things none of that seems to hit the main news in any way but it gives me joy it gives me strength and it gives me an encouragement and i think lord this is good your people And, and names come up like alexander and others and you think okay there's some names to the people that are out there and then you hear the, the, the regions and you hear this Baptist church or this Orthodox church and how they've come together. So not only do I remember what God has done in His church and through his people in the Old Testament and through the New Testament, but also hearing and remembering his faithfulness to his church today and sharing that with others to encourage. You know, it's not the first time that many people have tried to stop a move of God or, or even governments and Opposing. But when you hear how missionaries and people that go out and serving the Lord, they're able to do great things. I had a friend who would get, take Bibles into the Middle East. He would take uh, in, them in Arabic um, to share. And he, one of his stories, he would always say that you know it's one of those challenges because he would fill his luggage with Bibles knowing that he could be put into prison. And he would take them. And he would always see how God would put him through. Now, I'm talking maybe more than six or seven years ago. I don't know where he is right now. But all I know, he could be in prison right now for taking Bibles. God willing, he isn't. But he's, he's very quiet about these things. He doesn't, doesn't use social media. doesn't put anything online. There are a lot of things that we don't see that God is doing. But when, obviously, you get those opportunities and you hear them, they're amazing. And to hear stories that he, even once he, he mentioned that a whole luggage full of Bibles... Was taken by the security, the police officers in one of these nations that he was taken in, it's prohibited to share the gospel, it's you know punishable by prison even more in some cases. But he, he remembered that the police and the, the security took his luggage of Bibles and he was discouraged but he went back and came for the next round when the church that was there shared to him the stories and said, you know that luggage of Bibles? And he goes, yeah, and yeah it's a shame isn't it i think i've lo- yeah, they were lost they must have been burnt or thrown away he goes no 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 we've been hearing news that officers and people in, in in authority have got hold of them and are now sharing and reading them you know even that what you thought was a mess and a, and a, and a problem god turned it for good sometimes god has that ability we have to remember you know he overcame death he, he overcame satan He's, he is the authority and he is working all things god is sometimes more in the mission field than we are as his people and God is doing things amongst them in ways that we don't understand, giving them dreams and visions, speaking to them into their hearts. And then He places us in the right time, whether it's the church, God works for us. So even, you may say, but I'm not part, I'm not a missionary, Marcos. I'm not a pastor or I'm not an evangelist. And that's the wonderful thing about being united as a church. When we pray together, it is we participate in that reward as well. When we're praying for our friends that are out there in the mission field, when we pray For those who are ministering the word when we pray and share for those evangelizing when we pray for those teaching we're also part of that we are one body and that's you know so that's one of those things that paul continuously mentions in scripture that we're the body of christ that we're together when one hurts everyone hurts but it's also when one rejoices we all rejoice and you can see that, when we, you know, there's a joy in our hearts when, when we hear people are receiving Christ in very difficult circumstances. So as a spirit-filled community, we see the needs. We're not blinded to them. We're not ignoring them. But we speak to them in different ways. God will have His way. He will bring justice and righteousness in this time. And these terrible situations bring us to prayer. And we do not mourn hopelessly like the world does, but there is hope in us we pray for yes christ will return and his with his righteousness and his power but meanwhile we remain stewards faithful servants waiting for our king being faithful with where we are whether it's with our family and discipling our children being faithful with the the stewardship and eldership of a church or faithful with with the studies and the work that we're given faithful even maybe cleaning an office faithful maybe just listening to your parents faithfully there knowing that God you're in control, God that you're faithful. We're not blind to what is happening in the world, but we will not let ourselves also be conformed and be held down by the structures and systems of this world. We will not let ourselves to be pulled by what is happening and take sides. It's really important for us as a church to remember that our brothers in Russia, listen carefully, they are brothers and sisters also in Russia who have been lied, who have lost their way, and I mean brothers in humanity but there are brothers also in the faith brothers who are born again who are praying and I'm sure who understand the situation and are praying for things to turn around from inside but it's really important that we do not demonize a nation and do not go against them and, and especially when you hear some some Russians say we, you know we're now the outcasts people are pointing thinkers as, as though we were making the decisions up there and it's so important for us you know to show love you know, being that good Samaritan and we, we you know we're trusting the Lord and there's three things that I, I want to leave with you today three things I want us to persevere in unity in and the first thing I want us to persevere in unity is prayer to persevere in prayer in prayer persevere in prayer and unity continuously daily with gratitude keeping us grounded in what God has has for us as a church right now we're going through a transition right now we're going through a change and these are always in seasons, are, you know, life is like that. If one thing we know is constant, is change. The seasons change, families change, people change, communities change. But we must persevere in prayer. Persevere in our focus and our time with the Lord. Remembering what He says. And for some, it may be learning to, to, to journal our prayers. Remembering where, where, we, where we are. It's one of the, I really want, if you have started your walk with the Lord, one of the things I really encourage is to journal your prayers. Journal and write them out. If, if that's a discipline, you maybe put them on the phone, put them in a book, but learn to write them and, and remember your, your, where, you, where the Lord has been with you in these situations. I like to I like to look back and, and think, you know, there, there was this season. Um, remembering um, the time I was preparing to get married with Gisela. I remember in a, a time of prayer. And I remember remembering that all my prayers were of peace because everything was crazy at that time. <laughs> everyone's like the family here you know who's getting invited and who's not coming and why is he not and and it was like you know all the stuff that happens But prayer was was there was the one place where I could Lord you are the God of peace (laughs) Lord and we pray a a prayer is definitely in gratitude there's a great place where we can come and just and just to be with the Lord maybe as you're on the train going to work I know for some being in London is such a busy lifestyle and he may be just being in the, in the train and praying, praying across as you go back and forth. Second thing, persevere in our call. Here, Paul continuously to reminding us about the call of God, reminding us to focus, reminding us why we've been placed there. And awaken that call in us. It's very sometimes easy for us again to lose focus on our call. Different things. There's bills to pay. There are needs with the family. There are situations happening back home. There are, you know, the job, the security. But above all those things is our call. And I think one of those things that we've got to always with our call is remember to to guard our hearts from from letting things take the first place. Remembering that our call is in the Lord and for Him. It's for for the glory of the Father, in the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's called us for His glory. He's called us for a purpose. There's some for ministry in certain ways, but all of us in one way or another to, to share... Christ with others around us and that is important when we not allowing those small idols to get into the heart those challenges those those things that come and so I I know for me one of those things that the Lord has to continue his work is focus where are you taking us and where are you leading us and I remind you the call that you have on us the call you have on us as a church right now yes we will be transitioning and moving But the call continues the same here in the City of London. The call to be a place of equipping and training and blessing and empowering others for healing, for for restoring ministries. And the last thing, and a really important one, is to persevere in love together. And this love is important because love covers a multitude of sins, as it says in Scripture, but a love that forgives, a love that grows in truth, a love that doesn't hold into resentment and bitterness and being together that's one of those things as, as a church and united is learning to forgive one another and love one another even when we see things that are different we don't agree maybe on some on some minor issues we may not agree on some things that are happening around as a community but love should be the focus and keeping us connected keeping us together so I want these three things to me we persevere in unity and prayer we persevere in our call and we persevere in love. I want us to bow our heads as we come in time of prayer. Father I thank you. I thank you that as a church we have gone through different seasons and uh, and, and City Temple has promises and has words and prophecies that are yet to, to be fulfilled things that are yet to come ahead of us but Lord we're also walking in some of these right now in this season and we want to continuously Lord be your people that are together together because you are a father son and spirit that we know that you're in perfect unity and as your body you want us in that time as well to be together and complete and whole but also together as as, as a community as a church (coughs) Lord, we are grateful that we can praise You and worship You. We are grateful that we can honor You and glorify You. Father, I pray, Lord, for whatever may try to take away the bonds of love and peace and unity in us, arguments and and discouragement and the worry and the anxiety. But Lord, but keep us focused on the call. You've called us to be Your people in this time and in this day. Remind us of our call continuously. Let the Spirit of God... Just bring that up into our minds and into our hearts so that we share lord and, and keep us in this love of the spirit to persevere in love with the spirit of god lord father that there is so much need and, and if anything now your love needs to be seen across the across the land lord. father i also pray for those of needing healing here lord we pray for healing in bodies and healing physically lord and healing emotionally lord we pray for those that are needing healing, Lord, Father, in muscles and tissues that may be damaged and scarring. But, Lord, we pray that you bring healing touch upon them, Lord. Father, you, do, you are the God of miracles, signs and wonders. And we're grateful, Lord, that you still do them today. We pray for those things. We pray for your Spirit to fill us, Lord, and to, and to make us your church and body in all that we do, Lord. We glorify you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. One, two, three, thank you, Father, for what you're doing here in City Temple. And thank you, Lord, for what you're doing mightily.